And your seats, we will get started. And as you find your seats, would you turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 5? This morning we will be in Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18. And my hope this morning is to exhort you to walk by the Spirit, to put to death the desires of the flesh, to encourage you and to remind you what the Christian life really is, that there is a battle going in each of our hearts, and that is a battle that we will be fighting for the rest of our lives. And lastly, an encouragement to um, remind you that the Holy Spirit is at work in you, right? So we have hope as we fight this battle, that the Holy Spirit is at work, and he gives, you new, he gives us new desires. Okay, we're going to maybe, if we get to it, we'll get to the roles of desires in our Christian life. I need to fix this. Let's try that. Let's read and pray, all right? Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your help this morning. Lord, you know that we need help with this. Father, you sent your son Jesus to live that perfect life that you know we could not live. And Jesus, you faced every temptation And you overcame. And Father, we all face many temptations day by day. We're all tempted to gratify the desires of the flesh. And Father, if it wasn't for you and your mercy and your grace towards us, we would be lost and we wouldn't think twice about this. But thank you that not only did you open our eyes to see our wicked ways, but you also give us help and press and daily help in this battle. So, Father, would you grow our affections towards you? Would you help us to love you? As we sang just a little bit ago, Lord, would, would you be our joy? And, Father, may the Spirit lead us as we continue to please you, Lord, and walk by the Spirit in all that we do. Father, but we need your help. This is not something that can come from any of us. This is something that must come from you. And so we plead, and I plead on behalf of the whole, a whole church, and treat, Lord, that you would be the one who works, and that would bless us, and that would help us and keep us. So we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, where have we been in the book of Galatians? So, so far, main point, the book of Galatians is you are justified by faith alone not by works of the law. 
We've also seen that because you're justified by faith, you're free from the bondage of the law, which means that you're free to follow Christ without condemnation. We've also seen that there's many enemies to your walk. Okay, there's many that would love to discourage you as you seek to pursue Christ. And one of those main enemies is our flesh. We're going to deal more in depth this morning with our flesh. And lastly, we've seen that you are now free not to serve your flesh, as Pastor Joel preached last week, not to serve your flesh, but to love one another. It is love that fulfills the whole law. So if you want to do well, you must love. Right? It's that simple. Just love. But we know it's not as simple as I'm making it out to be, right? The fact of the matter is that you're all still sinful. If you've been a Christian for some time, you will quickly realize that in many areas your love is lacking. You would much, much rather love yourself. And even when you want to and you have a true longing to love God and serve God, somehow you still end up running after the things that used to enslave you. Now, if this sermon is going to be of any help to you this morning, you have to know that you're a sinner. You have to know that. You have to know that sin is still alive in your body. You have to know that the flesh is working, constantly warring against you. So you have to know what is true and what's happening in your heart. The truth is that there's many here who have trusted in Christ. Right? You are confident that your sins are paid for and you want to please God. But the reality of the Christian life is that you still find yourself things that you said you would never do. The sin that you hate so much finds a way to remain close. So let's look at verse 16. God's word says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the reality of the Christian life is the sin will be present. You will not be perfect. And that sounds really hopeless if you stay there. But do you have any hope do you have any encouragement, any comfort that you can't actually grow, that you can't actually put to death the deeds of the flesh? Yes, by God's help. If you will, what does the verse say? If you will walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All right, here, just how encouraging and hope-giving that statement is. You're not lost forever. You can, by God's grace, if you will, but walk by the Spirit, you can deny the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? All right, so hopefully you're like, well, I want to do that. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Before I give you maybe a definition, let's just also look at verse 18. Okay, verse 18, Paul says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
And I just want to make the quick comment that Paul's not here just throwing vague terms without definition and just trying to be like, this is different than that. Paul's having the same concept in mind. Right? If you're led by the Spirit, you're walking by the Spirit. This is the same concept that Paul has in mind. So what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Now, our passage does not give us a direct definition, right? Paul throws it out there and says, if you will walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we don't have a direct definition, but we can see it by seeing what the opposite of it is. Verse 17 reminds us that the desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. So what is the opposite of walking by the Spirit? Verse 16 says, indulging in the desires of the flesh. So when we walk by the Spirit, we confess that we're not ruled by the desires of the flesh any longer. When we walk by the Spirit, we, by faith, we put to death the deeds of the flesh. And instead of seeking to please ourselves, like the flesh would have us do, we seek to please God. That's why verse 18 can say that you're no longer under the law if you're led by the Spirit. You're free from the condemnation of the law that would keep you from living for God. Right? The law ultimately just enslaves. You're not slaves anymore to the law. You're not slaves to your sin. You don't live as if sin in your flesh is your master. You're now slaves to Christ. You talk and you think and you live and walk as if Christ was your all. I was helped this week by John Piper. Pastor John Piper said it well, I think. When he says this, walking by the Spirit is what we do when the desires produced by the Spirit are stronger than the desires produced by the flesh. So in other words, walking and being led by the Spirit means you reject your, natu your natural inclination as a human being is to sin. And you reject that natural inclination and you choose to honor God. Okay, so you follow the Spirit's leading. You walk by the Spirit, by what He calls you to do, not by what your flesh would have you do. You faithfully obey Christ. So practically, you have a lot of help. You can deny your flesh. How? If you will walk by the Spirit, then you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Practically, what does this look like, though? What does this look like day to day? Well, next time the temptation comes, next time that you feel like you're going to succumb to the pressure of the flesh and it seems too strong for you, next time that you feel the, the battle that is waging in your heart and you feel the weakness inside of you and you know that you're prone to fall yet again, you have an option. God's Word says that you have an option. You can gratify the flesh or you can walk by the Spirit and do what the Spirit's calling you to do. Right, church? This is an active choice. This is an active choice. You don't fall into sin by accident. You fall into it willingly when you do what? When you neglect to walk by the Spirit. If you neglect to walk by the Spirit, don't be surprised if you're indulging in the desires of the flesh. So what do I mean? 
Next time that you're tempted to be envious or jealous about what the other person has that you don't, maybe choose to take a moment and instead of indulging in that desire and staying there, choose to give thanks to God for what he's done for you, for the ways that he has blessed you. Next time you want to be angry and you feel it in yourself, Start thinking of ways that you can love your enemies. Next time you want to be angry with your kids, think of how great of a blessing they are to you, how much they're teaching you, how God has been patient to you as a, your father. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you want to fill yourself with alcohol, with thoughts of enmity, you instead fill yourself with God's word. And you say that is so much better. Luther says this, When the flesh begins to cup up, the only remedy is to take the sword of the Spirit, the word of salvation, and fight against the flesh. If you set the word out of sight, you are helpless against the flesh. If you set the word out of your sight, you are helpless against the flesh. Think about it. Jesus was tempted, right? And what did he do in the temptation when he was tempted? And he was out without food for 40 days in the desert, and the devil came to tempt him directly. Jesus went back to God's word, and he stood firm on God's word, and that was the help that he found to fight the temptation. So the help that you have, the step that you must take to fight your flesh is to obey what God requires of you in that moment. Okay, if you're supposed to be working, you work unto the Lord instead of letting yourself be tempted by other things. If you're supposed to be caring for your children, you put your mind to it and you see it as a gift from God that you get to do that that you pray for this moment, that you pray for these souls. But you must be willing to walk by the Spirit in all areas of life. Okay, if there's areas in your life where you're neglecting to walk by the Spirit, don't be surprised if it's hard to fight the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Sometimes it's little things. Right? It starts with the little things that grow into much bigger things. Unfaithfulness at the beginning will lead to much chaos and destruction at the end. Right, husbands? If you set aside the responsibility that you have to lead your family and your kids, it's going to be really hard 10 years from now. So it starts with the little things. If you neglect to do the little things that God has called you to do, you're on the path to much greater sin. And it may not feel like that much at the beginning. Maybe like, well, you know, it's just one day. It's just one little area. But you have two options, and these two are opposed to each other. You can either walk by the Spirit or walk by the flesh. There's no in-between. There's no neutral. There's no sitting comfortably in the middle and hope for the best. You either walk by the spirits and you're putting to death the flesh, or you're indulging the flesh and you're neglecting the spirit.
One leads to life, one leads to death. So it starts with the little things. If instead of being idle on a Friday night, right, you choose to open up your home, you choose to ask somebody to go and grab a meal with you, that will prove to be such a big help to you, right, in killing your flesh. You know when you're tempted, you know when you're weak. Seek to glorify God and walk by the Spirit in those moments. If you choose to, instead of being idle and to just do, be selfish with your actions, you choose to love your children, right? This is why it's so helpful to have responsibility. This is so helpful to grow and to have more and more responsibility because you're doing what God's called you to do. And that actually proves to be a great help in fighting the flesh. But if you don't have any responsibility, if you're fleeing from all responsibility, then don't be surprised when it's really hard to fight the flesh. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for others. Trust God with this, and he will help you. This will be strength to fight your flesh. Again, it starts small. Many of you are probably sitting here this morning, and you have in your mind, there's a certain sin that you've been trying to put to death for maybe years now, and you think, somehow it's still so hard, and I feel like I can't do this on my own. For example, let's say you have a really hard time with someone, all right? Maybe this is something that we can all relate to. Let's say there's somebody that you just have a really, really hard time with. Maybe it's somebody at church. Maybe it's a family member. And it doesn't matter how much you try in that moment. You go and talk to them, and no matter how much you try, and you say, this time it's going to be better, you always end up just getting angry with them, or you become impatient with them. Just that bad side of you comes out and you want to put them down. You try, you try, you try, you end up with the same result. And sometimes it's because you're focusing just on this little moment when you have a lot more work to do. Okay, you're saying, I will, I will try to do this, but you neglect the other areas of life where God has called you to work. So for example, of course you're going to be angry with that person. If all week... You've been harboring evil thoughts about them. Okay, you've been thinking poorly of them the whole week and all the things that they do wrong. Of course you're going to be angry with them when you see them. Right? Of course you're going to be impatient towards that person if you've been saying evil things about them behind their back to others and you have not asked for forgiveness. You've neglected to walk by the Spirit in those areas. Therefore, it's easier for you to gratify your flesh. What does walking by the Spirit look like instead? Right? You begin to love them and think highly of them on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And you do that the week. And you trust God and walk by the Spirit throughout the week. Come Sunday, by God's help and His Spirit, it's a lot easier to put to death the desires of the flesh. Right? Because you've actually done what the verse says. You've walked by the Spirit throughout the week. Okay, it starts small, but it starts consistently. You don't neglect areas of life and hope that everything will get better. You put to death the flesh by walking by the Spirit in all areas of life. Let's say you want to be pure from sexual immorality. Now you've been trying to put this to death, and it's 
a hard fight. What do you do? Well, you start by walking by the Spirit in the little things. Okay, you don't just do whatever you want all week, and then the moment when it's hard, you just hope that you'll have enough strength. Have you been gratifying the flesh all week? Then you'll most likely gratify your flesh in that weak moment. Be careful. It starts with being careful by guarding your eyes, by guarding your mind, by not filling your minds with impure thoughts. If you're diligent, you're walking by the Spirit, and you're careful even with the little, God's Word says that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? God is for you in this endeavor. But you must trust Him. You must trust Him Monday through Saturday if you're going to be faithful on Sunday. Really, at the end of the day, it boils down to you have to live by faith. Right? You have to live by faith. Have faith in God that though the world's way looks enticing, God's way is actually far better. Have faith that these things matter, that even little things against God have an impact on your heart and grieve your Heavenly Father. Have faith to miss out on things, right? Have faith to miss out, whether it be on a moment of satisfaction or the praise of man or much comfort, whatever it may be, have faith that you will miss out on those things and you will give it up for far better and surpassing treasures to come. Have faith to walk by the Spirit day by day and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All right, you can start today. Be careful with your thoughts. Go out and love those who are hard to love. Confess your sins and you'll start to find the help that you need. And praise God that we have a way to be helped by this, right? Praise God that God did not leave us in our sins without hope and help, but that he's willing and present and ready to help us. So let's keep on reading. You have, and this is why it's so important, why it's so important to fight daily and constantly walk by the Spirit. Verse 17, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Let's actually just stop there for a second. The reason why this is so important for you to do daily is because the flesh is always warring against you. The flesh and the spirit are opposed to each other. There is no common ground. There is no neutral zone. There is no peace zone where you are okay to be here. It's one or the other. There's always, church, there's always a battle in your heart. The devil, the world, and your flesh all want to tell you that if you indulge in the flesh, it's going to bring you the most pleasure. They all want to tell you that if you follow after the lust of your heart, it's not going to be that bad. But the Spirit is working in your heart to strengthen you, to kill the flesh, and to deny yourself and trust in God. Now, a real Christian should know this battle and should know this very intimately. In fact, Paul gives us a really good picture of this in the book of Romans. So if you would turn with me there. Romans chapter 7. Verse 
verses 14 through 25. And as we read, I'll just make some comments. Paul says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Verse 15, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. All right, that's the battle. It's the things that I want to do I don't end up doing. Instead, I do the things that I hate to do. Verse 16, now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Right? You have a desire to please God. And yet somehow you end up not following through on that desire, but you end up following through on the desire of the things that you know you don't want, that your flesh wants you to do. Verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. That's important. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Okay, you have a desire. You actually do delight in the law of God, but there's a war inside of you. All right, this is the Christian experience. And I want you to know this and know this clearly so you will not despair. All right, how do you know if you're doing well? How do you know if you're doing well in the Christian life? A lot of you want to say that you're doing well when you don't, no longer struggle with sin. Right, that's your benchmark. Is if I'm doing well, I'm no longer going to be struggling with sin anymore. But that's just not a realistic benchmark. On this side of eternity, if that is your benchmark, you will be discouraged every single day of your life. Okay, you look around, you think, well, everybody, you know, seems to have it all together. And you think, well, if I'm ever going to be holy, I must get to a point where I don't struggle. And that's going to make me a strong Christian. But you're going to feel so defeated if that's how you think. Okay, many of you feel like you have fallen. Okay, you're doing something wrong just because you're tempted. Just because you feel this war inside of your heart. And you're like, I don't want to do these things. And just because of the fact that you feel it and you recognize it, you say, I've already failed. When that's not what God's Word tells us. Okay, Paul tells us that there is a war inside of us. You will not reach perfection in this life. A Christian will continue to wrestle with temptation and sin for the rest of your earthly life. And so, in fact, a lot of you want to despair when temptation and the wrestling comes. But in fact, if you feel this, if you feel this war inside of you, it's actually evidence that God is working in you. Right? You think, I'm tempted, I'm still struggling with these things, God must have abandoned me. 
when in reality it's proved that God is still at work in you. All right, how do we know? Okay, we know that the enemy is always at war with Christians, right? He doesn't take a break. He would love to cause you to fall. That's true. So if you don't feel this war, it's a pretty good chance that you've just stopped fighting the flesh. If you don't feel this inside of you, and you know that the enemy is, you know, you're wondering, is God still working in my heart? Well, we know the enemy is working and wants to take you down. And so if you don't feel this, most likely you've just given up. We know this because unbelievers don't feel the weight of this like Christians do, right? They love their sin. They love their sin. They're proud of their sin. Their Holy, the Holy Spirit is not at work in them. But on the other hand, if you hate your sin, if you think, why do I still want this? Why do I still run into these things? Why have I not put this to death completely? If you feel in your heart a desire to strive to be pure and holy, and you just feel like you're having a really hard time with it, this is actually evidence that God's Spirit is at work in you. Because you would not want this, you would not feel this dissonance in your heart, if the Holy Spirit was not actually convicting you and helping you. So the fact that you continue to wrestle day in and day out is proof that God has not given up on you. God is at work. All right, be encouraged. You have to know this well if you're going to fight the battle faithfully. Because when the heat of battle is strong, you don't have to despair. When the heat is strong and you feel like you're about to give up, You don't have to despair. That means the Spirit is fighting in your behalf. That means that you are not alone in the battle. Do you remember that Jesus was tempted and he overcame? And now he is helping you through his Spirit to help you so that you can press on. You can press on by God's help. That's the reality of the Christian heart. And it's amazing that God's Spirit would actually want to be at work in you. All right, so let's finish the verse. Verse 17, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. All right, let me just make another comment here. The Spirit and the flesh are so opposed to each other, right? This is why if you follow the Spirit, you will run from the things of the flesh because they're so opposed to each other that there's no communion between them. And so the Spirit, one of the things that He does is, right there at the end, your flesh there is keeping you from doing the things you want to do. And we heard this in Romans 7 too from Paul. It's like the things that I want to do are the things I do not do. The things that I hate are the things that I end up doing. And it's just an amazing statement right there. I hope you're just floored by that and that God would be so kind to help you with this. The flesh keeps you from doing the things you want to do. Okay, you want to do. This means that God is helping you not just to do the things that you have to do because you have to out of obligation, but because you actually want to please Him. 
God is actually giving in you desires to please Him and walk with Him. He's not just leaving you alone. He's actually changing your heart so that you can grow and trust Him and want to trust Him and want to grow. Right? You're not just left on your own. God actually changes your desires through the Holy Spirit. So one of the ways that the Holy Spirit enables you to fight, He gives you a new heart. Okay? You had a heart of stone. Now you have a heart of flesh. And with this new heart, one of the features of this new heart is a change of affections. You used to love the world, and you felt no remorse about gratifying the flesh. And now this new heart, you have open eyes to see the ugly nature of sin. And instead of loving the world, you love the things of God. You used to hate God, and you used to be terrorized of God because of your sinful condition. And now instead, by this new heart that he's given you, you can rejoice. You can have peace in God's presence because you love him as a son loves his father. And even though the flesh still lives in you, you still want to do the things that God has called you to do. Okay, the flesh wants to oppose you and keep you from doing the things you want to do. If you're a Christian, you want to obey Christ. And that's amazing. A Christian has a true desire given by God to serve and worship him. Now, is that true of you? Where's your heart? Where are your desires? Can you say that you have a desire to follow after Jesus? Do you want to please him? And the amazing thing, too, is that even when you sin, God gives you a desire and changes your desire, so you don't want that sin anymore. You know you don't want that, and you actually want to repent and turn from it. But where is your heart? Where are your affections? That is one of the main differences between living by the law and living by the Spirit, living by faith. Okay, if you live by the law, if you think you can gain righteousness by the law, you will obey God because you should, because you have to, because you better, or there's grave consequences, right? When you live by the law, at the end of the day, there's pretty little thought about what God wants. You don't do these things for God. You do it for yourself. Self-serving. You serve the law because it gives you what you want. You don't want condemnation. So therefore, you must obey the law. Ultimately, it's self-centered. But when you have died to the law, and instead you live by faith. God gives you a new heart. And you actually serve God because you want to. Do you want to serve God? Is that a desire in your heart? You should see all that Christ has done for you and the love that he's shown you when you were his enemy. And it just blows you away that God will want to show you that love. And you can't help 
but to love him and serve him from the bottom of your heart because he's just been so patient and kind with you. Okay, there's many people that can do the right things. They can say the right things. They can look right. Think of the Pharisees, right? They had a good, good appearance. People thought that they were doing really well. But it's only those who live by the Spirit who can obey God out of love because you want to. So this means that as a Christian, you should have a level of zeal for the things of God. Right? Your emotions and what you care about really, truly does matter. And this, a lot of this goes especially to men. All right? You men, us men, we're terrible with emotions, right? We know that. But there's several of you that just don't really want to show any desire. There's some of you that just feels like you don't really care about anything but yourself. Okay, the only time that any of you show any zeal about things and you any show any passion and concern and care is when you're talking about things like sports or your video games or whatever it may be. A lot of you think you can just coast and just not care about anything. Okay, but that's not Christian. Was Christ like that towards you? He was not. The way a godly man lives is evidence. There should be evidence that you care about the things of God. That you love God. Okay, but this isn't just for men too, okay? There are, all of us need this. And a lot of you, especially, some of you get weary when we start talking about emotions. And partly, there's a true concern. You don't want to be led by your emotions, right? Your emotions are a bad guide, typically. So don't do that. But your emotions do show you what you're treasuring. What do you love? What do you live for? If you're walking by faith, the right affection should follow. There are good indicators of where you are. And the Bible has a lot to say about your affections. So much to say. What's the greatest commandment? It's to love God, right? Wait, no. It's to obey God. He could have said, Jesus could have said that, right? And obviously you show that you love God by how you obey him. You don't just like distance those two separately. But he said to love God. There's a level of an affection. God wants your heart. He doesn't just want empty sacrifices. He wants your heart. So there is something Christian about godly emotions that show that you care, you have zeal about the things of God, that you care about your brothers and sisters, that you care about their growth, because these things matter. Okay, God has entrusted you with eternal things, things that the world does not have. Don't care about the things of the world more than the things of God. That is far too shallow. Love God. Love the things of God. Let your emotions show that you care and you have zeal for the things of God. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be the most expressive person out there, right? For some of you, it would just be off-putting if you just went from being super expressive. Just, that's not what I'm calling you to do. But all I'm saying is you can't, like, you do, you're not an emotionless rock either, okay? 
I don't know how else to say it. You just cannot be an emotionless rock where, like, nothing matters to you. Christ showed you his love in that he died for you. Right? Keep thinking about this verse because the kids keep, keep on bringing it to me on Sundays to get the candy. Jesus wept. All right? Jesus actually did weep. Jesus cared about you and loved you. You can show that you have also love for him. So you should ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Why do I come to church? Why do I read my Bible? Why do I serve others? My hope is it is not just out of simple obligation. My hope is that you don't do it just because you fear what others would say if you stop doing it. There is a place for that. Okay, there is a place for that. And sometimes those things actually do help us to do what we need to do. But don't stay there. Right? Don't stay there. Don't settle for that. Do all things because of the love of God in your heart. Because you want to do those things. The flesh will oppose you. But by God's grace, you want to serve him. And when you don't have that, okay, many of you are here sitting and thinking, in this season of life, I don't know if I can say that I have a great love for God. I can think of times in my life where I have loved God and had great zeal for his word. But that's not true of me right now. What do you do? One, you should at least recognize something is amiss, right? You should at least recognize this is not how it should be. And what do you do when your desires are not aligned with God's word? You pray. You ask that God would change your affections for his holy things. Again, only he can do this. You can try and try and try on your own, but it is the Holy Spirit who gives you a new heart with new affections. You have to trust in him to do this for you. Because he can do that work in you, and he would love to do that work in you. And then what do you do after you ask and entreat God's favor to help you? You do what we said in verse 16. Even if you don't feel like it, you walk by the Spirit. You, by faith, you do what God calls you to do. You heed the Spirit's leading, and you walk by the Spirit. And what will he bring? Okay, what are the fruits of the Spirit that we're going to get to in a few weeks or maybe next week? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things are yours by the Spirit. And let me just make a quick note on our desires. There's a lot of talk about desires in this section. Okay? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the Spirit. Your desires matter. They're not inconsequential. What you desire and what you long for really makes a difference. So as a Christian, you don't just settle for bad desires. Bad desires ultimately bring forth sin. So as a Christian, because you want to have the right affections, you put to death sinful desires. When a bad desire comes, you don't settle. A lot of you think like this, well, I'm not doing anything about it. Right? Well, these things are kind of there, but like, I'm not doing anything about it, so like, it's fine. A Christian puts to death sinful desires. Desires are evil. Desires must be repented for if they're not aligned with God's word. 
And so don't settle. When your desires are out of line, ask God to help you change those desires so that you're pleasing him. So let's just conclude by making, let me make you a few last comments. There's a battle in your heart. But you have hope that you can actually grow. God's word tells us that you can actually grow. You can actually love the things of God. You can actually put to death the deeds of the flesh. And these things can actually, as you follow the spirit, the flesh gets weaker. You will still sin. Okay? Don't hear that wrongly. You will still sin. But by grace, God's grace, you can actually overcome. And you can have success. And you can grow and get better. You don't have to just be stuck where you are. Sanctification is a process. And you can grow to be more like Christ every day. Secondly, remember Christ. Christ denied himself for you. So therefore, you can deny yourself too, daily for him. And remember, as you're doing this, it's so important that you remember, this is not your own doing. This is not something that you can bring about. If you're trusting in your strength to fight the flesh, you will fall. You don't walk by Esteban's way. You don't walk by Kevin's way. You walk by the Spirit. It is he who can do this work in you. So trust him and ask him for help. And don't be surprised when the battle's overwhelming. It will be exhausting. And many of you are right now in a season where it just feels really tiring. And you've gone through trial after trial and discouragement and hard thing after hard thing. And it's really easy to give up and not show steadfastness and not keep on fighting. But don't give up. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It does not depend on you. When you're weak, God is strong. It is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is now living in you and enabling you to do His will. And it is He who tells you to come to Him when you're weary and when you're anxious and you're tired, and He will give you rest. So walk by the Spirit and trust in your Savior. Come to Him daily. He is faithful to see you overcome your flesh. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this help. Thank you for your word and the fact that you don't leave us in our sin. Lord, but that you actually desire for us to grow in godliness. And though we may still fall, Lord, and great men that loved you still fall. You think, we think of Men like David and men like Peter, Peter who denied you, Lord, three times after walking with you, Lord, we will all fall into great sin. But yet, Lord, it is by your grace and by your power that we can get back up and trust you and apply ourselves to you and continually daily walk by your spirit and not by the flesh. So thank you for the encouragement that we don't have to stay there, that we don't have any hope and fight and help in this battle, but that you are fighting the battle for us. That you long to see us formed in you. That you're preparing for us an eternal weight of glory through all of these trials, Lord, that though the battle is hard, you will overcome. 
So, Father, would you help us to live by faith? Would you help us to do the little things? Would you help us to not neglect your word in every area of life? Would you help us to love one another and help each other to do this daily? That our church would be godly, that our families would be growing, that our children would be holy. Father, we long to please you. We long to please you. And so I pray, Lord, that you would create in you, in here, in this church, many servants who love you, Lord, and that you would give us all the desire to overcome the flesh. We thank you that you will do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, church. No closing song this morning.